Welcome everybody, I'm Jared, he's DJ, and this is Number One Bullshit. Welcome everybody, and before we get started, this being our very first episode, I do want to give some shout outs to people that helped get us here. Uh, first one, one of my co-workers, Josh D, we won't put the last name out there just in case they don't want their name out there, uh, but was the first person kind of outside of the family that listened to this podcast, uh, really kind of gave us that you know feedback, the reaction, let us know that what we were doing was on the right path. So do want to shout out Josh, we might call him number one bullshitter, yeah. being, being right the now. first fan, yep. or first fan, and then also want to shout out my brother, Josh, separate Josh, actual, yeah, blood brother, yeah. not like, you know, my bro. Uh, and just for all the feedback, we actually started working on this about five months ago, recording stuff that y'all will never hear because <laughs> yeah, it was no, not no, good. No, 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 no. Um, and he provided a ton of feedback, helped us get to where we are. So thank you very much, Josh. Thank and you. then finally, uh, my amazing wife, Gabby, who designed our logo for us, has been helping us with all the marketing and has been super, super supportive getting my toddler out of the house yeah. so we could record all kinds of stuff. Yeah. So definitely want to say uh, thank you. You know, love all y'all. Yes, for, thank you for so helping. much, all three of y'all. It's been awesome journey and we're here now because of y'all. So thank you. And then getting right into it. The first thing that I want to talk about, Demir Ismagulov versus Grant Dawson. Uh, Dawson's who we thought he is. He he's Aljo. Made he made Ismagulov look like he didn't belong there. Yeah, he was insane. He made he made Ismagulov look lost and broken. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Like if you had never seen Ismagulov fight, you would be like these these guys don't belong in the cage. Well, team. you're also like he's a number twelve, and this other guy's a number fifteen in the division. Yeah, no, yeah, it's because he hadn't had his chance. Yet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, it really did remind me of Aljo Yan too. Oh, yeah. Where it's not like a ton of damage was being done, but also, like, Demir couldn't get out of it, yeah. right? Just like Jan couldn't get out of it. And granted, I thought round two, and I get it was total domination, round two could have questionably gone to Demir because what is three minutes of back time versus some, like, very solid strikes landed, but I get why it would not be, yeah. you know, awarded to him. Uh, but just total domination, some of the scorecards, like on Twitter, and actually one of the judges had it as ten eight for Dawson in the first round. I don't. I, I'm not. I get why. I'm not mad at it. Um, I get that. Like, I feel like domination plus damage is kind of what makes a ten eight. Whatever. Yeah. But if we're gonna talk about, and it's a different conversation, we're gonna talk about not having enough ten eights. It's like okay, if he gives a ten eight, I mean, it didn't changed the outcome of the fight yeah and he did make someone look like the other guy couldn't do anything so mm -hmm. like if someone has me on the ground and i can't do anything that's a 10 a but did he need it no it was only one scorecard yeah. so whatever but i mean regardless clear 10 9 like oh, there's no controversy that was as dominant as sarukian was against demir Right. Oh, and, yeah. And we, yeah. everyone's saying Sarukian's a future champ. Yeah. Like, you know, what about Grant Dawson? Here's yeah. a guy who is 9 0 in the UFC. He's 11 0 1 in his last 12. Yep. Right. The dude is on a streak. I mean, this is borderline, and the competition's different, yeah. but this is borderline Tony Ferguson type stuff where, like, this is an insane run yeah. that this guy is on and getting no credit whatsoever at this point. Speaking of Ferguson, he did call him out. Um, Weird call out to call it, out first. It was, I get his thought process yeah. of he either wants a big name or a big number, like makes sense, yeah. right? But yeah, like I don't think the Ferguson fight would, would show us anything. At all. Now. Maybe some breakdancing skills, but that's it. Oh, yeah. 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 Well, even then, like we've seen Tony recently. The, <laughs> yeah, you're right. The penetration steps that he used to do. Don't say penetration. <laughs> the sliding in steps as uh, that he used to do. Like as his pre-fight thing yeah. have slowed considerably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's rough to see. Weird call out, but I get it. If you got to make your name off somebody, Ferguson, you know people like Ferguson. Still, yeah. So why not? And now, realistically, the fights I would like to see with Dawson, potentially the winner of this upcoming Jalen Turner, uh, Dan Hooker fight yep. that's coming up on this week's card. Just as a let's see him against a you know a dangerous striker because whoever wins that fight is a dangerous yep. rangy striker 
four if we really want to see his grappling because despite Ismagulov having the V at the end of his name, like he had, he was out grappled by yep. Sarukian. Uh, but you know, maybe we see Grant Dawson against Matush Gamrot yeah. or Armand Sarukian. Right, yeah, the Sarukian one. It's like, nah. Let let these two men meet up later on. Later on, yeah. Right? yeah. Let them let them do what they're doing because these are two real prospects that we both believe Agreed. can like at least vie for a title shot. So yeah, and there's enough old guard eating up yeah. spots at the top of the division. All right, I, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm with that. Now, one of the reasons that we love MMA so much is you never know what you're going to see. Yeah. And we've been watching the sport for at least 15 years. Um, like I remember watching the David versus Goliath tournament back in the day where Gary Goodridge had the nastiest knockout I've ever seen with those elbows when the wrestler cradled him and thought mm-hmm. he had him. He did not. He had elbows in his face. Uh, but even now you see something you've never seen before. And that happened last night in the Elvis Brenner, Gurum Kuta Taladze fight. I thought Kuta Taladze looked, Great. He did. The first couple rounds, he was beating up Brenner. The cut on his forehead was hellacious. Oof. But Brenner landed that hook to Kuta Taladze's neck mm-hmm. and shut him off. Yeah. And in real time, I thought it was a short elbow that like caught him behind the ear of the temple. And I was like, okay, like I get yeah. his equilibrium's off. But when you rewatch it, hits him in the neck, he steps back and his shoulders slump. And when he hits the ground, you see him attempt to lift his arm to like tell Brenner, like, hey, stop. And I think I think his body went numb. Yeah. I think there was like a nerve or something got hit because you saw him afterwards. He was on by him, I mean Kuta Taladze was on his knees, like touching his fingertips, trying to regain feeling in his hands. See, I missed that, but it's crazy because you're like, oh, I mean, I, I'm not surprised that like a nerve could happen. But then you're also like never seen this before ever. Yeah. So like I do need to go rewatch the the finger. You kind of told me this morning about the fingertips. But if that's the case, like what did he hit? Yeah. What did the guy do? He was yeah, I'm no Saiyan. doctor. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. Um, but now here's the real question. Is this going to start intro? Is this a new trend? Oh. Are people going to start like judo chopping the side of people's necks trying I to put them so. down? Yeah, I, I hope I'd, so. If that becomes a thing like the calf kick, oh, that would be phenomenal. Can you imagine just people out here getting knocked out because <laughs> of like neck shot? Straight judo chops. Um, yeah, I've, I've just never seen it. And it was really weird to see somebody get punched flush in the neck and their, their body shut down. Yeah. Right. It was, it reminded me of the Shane Burgos where he got hit. And then like three seconds later, it, oh, you know, yeah. his body yeah, shut yeah, off, yeah, like yeah, yeah. not used to seeing that great win for Elvis Brenner, right? He now yeah, is 2-0 oh in the UFC, and Kuta Taladze has a win over Matush Gamrot at a very close fight against Ismagulov. Like, he's somebody that people were saying was a you know, future contender as well. So, big win for Elvis Brenner. Especially because... Kuta Delaze was winning on every judge. So it's like he stopped, he did what he had to do, right? Everybody's like, got to go out there and finish him. Okay. I'll yeah. hit you in the neck. <laughs> yeah. And one of the bigger underdogs on the card. Uh, so cashed out, on, yeah, you know, anybody sure. that bet on that cashed out pretty good. Now, the biggest favorite on the card did exactly what he was supposed mm-hmm. to. Joe Anderson Brito uh, versus Weston Wilson. You got to feel for Wilson. He was a, a last minute fill in. Um, but dear Lord. That uh, the ground and pound. Like, hey, if you're gonna roll for the leg, you gotta you gotta protect your head, and you need to abandon before you get wedged against the cage, because those. I mean, hellacious ground and pound. That was terrifying. It was, and it was one of those things where it's like, you know, he felt like he was in control, and then it's like, oh yeah, this is an MMA fight. Like yeah. you have to do everything to stop. And it was, he. He got beat up. Yeah. He got beat up quick. I mean, out cold with yeah. eyes open. Yeah. And and then my man, Brito, started <laughs> viciously pelvic thrusting and then pantomiming, putting dollar bills in. It looked like a garter belt at one point <laughs> on his thigh. Sexy. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah, my man. Yeah. Went full stripper dance. Uh, good so win. good for you. Good win. Yeah. And speaking of good wins, uh, Benoit Saint-Denis Ooh. against Ishmael Bonfim. Now, I think most of the MMA community was – expecting this to be a showcase mm-hmm. for Bon Fim. And Benoit Saint-Denis said, hold my coat to Rhone, yeah. you know, whatever they're drinking <laughs> over there in France. And uh, yeah, Bon Fim was just, he was overly confident. He was kept, he was getting blasted in the body with those kicks and yeah. was acting like it was no big deal. But it's like, hey man, it's okay to like flex like that. 
but then don't keep eating them. Oh, 100%. You know, like he just knew he could keep throwing it and keep hitting him. Um, yeah, Bonfim looked a little overconfident. That's going to be a back to the drawing board yeah. moment for him. We'll see. Now for Benoit St. Denis, here's a guy that came into the UFC and took one of the most hellacious beatings <laughs> that I that I've ever seen. You know, it was the the one with the Russian judge that they then pulled him from a fight later on in the card because of the beating he yeah, allowed. Like you, you you want to see someone die, and that's not what we're here for. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It it was scary, like yeah. a scary one. But since then, St. Denis gone on a 3-0 run, mm-hmm. right? So Good for him, <laughs> you know, that, that he's been able to turn things around. He, he took no damage At here. All. So maybe he tries to turn around and get on that France card. Got to, right? Yeah. You got to get him on the France card. I think he even, like, who did he call? Did he call someone else specifically? I don't, I was fast forwarding at that point because dad life. I yeah. uh, had to put my son to bed. And so I was like hours behind on yep. the card and it was fast forwarding through some stuff there. Uh, so did not catch his I, call. I can't out. remember if they were just like, if, I don't I don't remember if the conversation was get him on that card or if like the commentators, but get him on that card. You yeah. know, it's September 9th, isn't it? Yeah, he's got yeah. plenty of time if he's if he feels healthy. Yeah, yeah. As, lo- as long as it's not like a super crazy cut for him yeah. where he doesn't want to have to to do that again. Um, another guy that really took advantage of, of an opportunity was Nurse Sultan uh, Ruziboyev against Bruno Fajeda. That was the the first fight on the main card. Fajeda is coming off of a, a knockout versus RoboCop uh, mm-hmm. Rodriguez where everyone was like, okay, this this guy is the next big thing. He was undefeated. Uh, Rusaboyev was coming off of one week's notice, basically. He's a guy who has a crazy record. He was 34-8-2 coming into the fight, but I think he's only 29 years old, so mm-hmm. he's living that life just yeah. out there fighting, but was fighting guys with like 500 records, right? Was, was fighting some suspect competition, and so, but had a shit ton of first round finishes and added another one here when he caught that kick and threw that right i think part of it too was the height difference because he was lifting the leg as he threw that straight right and your boys had bounced off the ground scary it was it was the perfect like catch punch but it was just like straight back (laughs) yeah (laughs) it was like no it was like don't it would almost look like if that was in the movie you're like that's not how fights look and then that happens you know it was it was like a great start to the to the i mean for the main card but it's so vicious yeah so vicious yeah the uh i don't know if my man might have had some staff on his leg there was a when he got kicked in the cab, it immediately started bleeding. There was a scab there. Uh, but one of the things that was really, really cool was that this was, I mean, like the emotion you saw yep. uh, from him after the fight, he, he couldn't even talk. Yeah, right? I know. Yeah. And, and like, as somebody who watches every single week to see this kind of emotion from people that it's part of why I love it. Right. Because you see somebody, you can tell here is a guy realizing his dreams. Yeah. Right. He got an opportunity, made the most of it. And his family's life is different from here on out. Right. And like, I get whatever intro UFC pay is, you know, all of that aside, here is somebody that now has competed at the highest level. And even if he has one or two more fights in the UFC, he can catch on in another major organization yeah. now and get paid. And and to your point, it's like this wasn't his second fight, his third fight. It was like he's almost 50 fights in. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, that's why you stick to what you got to do, right? It is a good story to be like, stick to what you want to do. And then go out there and just start somebody. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like that's the next part of it. But yeah, it made you feel good because it was actually surprising to see someone not be able to talk. Like even like mm-hmm. champions like live in that moment yeah. and he's just so happy he's like i'm just here yeah. so it was, it was cool it was like when jamal hill won the title yeah. right just that realization of like oh shit i'm here i did it y- yep. yeah like like hey mom i did it yeah, <laughs> you know exactly. like that that mentality uh, speaking of did it oh no <laughs> what you should be doing right now uh is on whatever podcast service you're listening to go ahead hit that follow button or subscribe not apple subscribe because that's where you're paying for stuff we don't want you to do that yet yet um but follow rate the podcast uh we will be dropping podcasts on mondays so you'll get notified when they come out we also have the f updates on fridays where we're talking about you know anything that we fucked up on this podcast as well as changes during the week you know final impressions after the weigh-ins and because of the different times of weigh-ins those might drop at different times so if you're following you will get notified of that 
And then also, it's just going to help us move up in the rankings, bring more people to the party, because ultimately, that's what it's about. It's about having that community. Do it. Do it. Do it. And now, we have the featured prelim. I'm going to go ahead and take lead on this, because I was talking all that. I'm a Kevin Lee fan, and I am. My Lord, Kevin Lee's return was unfortunate. It was. and uh, He looked oh, slow. He looked stiff, right? Yeah. He looks like a guy that's been in some wars, yeah. right? The uh, To his credit, when he took that straight right down the pipe, it looked like he went out, but he immediately started hunting up the single leg, yeah. right? Like he, he, had, he still has that fighter's instinct and mentality, but uh, Fokradinov is Scary. Something different, dude. Yeah. And that guillotine was tight. Kevin Lee was out way longer. Yeah. Uh, like his body didn't go limp. That's the problem. It's like his body tensed up. Yeah. Um, very bizarre. But like he was out longer than he probably needed to be. Oh, yeah. And then you see it afterwards. He's looking like, what is going on? Like, what is happening? But nothing to take away from Fakhrad. I can't say his name. Yeah, Fakhradinov. Yeah, Fakhradinov. He fucked him up. Dude. Yeah. Like that punch was beautiful. He looked sharper. He looked quicker. He looked more fluid. Grabbed it on. And then he just looked like, this is what I do. Mm-hmm. You know, this is what I do. This is what I expected. Was it 55 seconds? Yeah, it was under a minute. Oof. Yeah, it was. Yeah, officially 55 seconds. However, he was probably unconscious at 45 seconds. Yeah, wait. <laughs> the, and part of it was him trying to go for the takedown since uh, Renat sat down on it and the guy's hands were behind his knees. Since Lee's hands were behind his knees, they were like trapped. So yeah. he couldn't even... <laughs> The ref couldn't even like pick up the mm-hmm. arm to test, you know that. Yeah, that was kind of scary. Yeah. Uh, those are the things where you like you're glad to see Kevin Lee okay yeah. after that. But we have another problem at one seven, <laughs> right? Like here's a guy on a twenty fight win streak, three zero in the UFC. One seventy has been having these amazing prospects coming up. Your Ian Machado, Gary's Shavkat. I mean, before that, even Hamza, mm-hmm. right? Jack Della. Like, there's so many of these guys coming up. And he just threw his hat into that ring. Yeah. And and the way he did it, he did it with style. He did it like, like I said, he did it like this is what's expected. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know what you guys thought, but this is what's going to happen every time. Put him against anybody. I don't care. Yeah. I want to see him again like tomorrow. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. And the, unfortunately, most of the top 15 at yeah. 170 is already booked yeah. up. There uh, was a cancellation. So things might get shuffled here uh, in the coming week. But since there isn't really anybody in the top 15 for him, I think a, a Gunnar Nelson would, would be a very good fight coming off of off of that win that he had, uh, or possibly a Randy Brown who has righted the ship, you know, coming off uh, of a win there. Just another, a, a bit of a name yeah. that, that he can add. Because like, I get Kevin Lee's a name, but he also has been out of the UFC for a while. Obviously is not the same guy that was head-kicking Gregor Gillespie yeah. into oblivion. Um, so... Yeah, I'll watch this guy fight anybody. He's Russian, so he probably wrestles bears. I'll yeah. watch that. You know, uh-huh. wh- whatever he is. I mean, if we're gonna do Elon Musk versus whatever his name is, Facebook, why M- can't why, must watch TV? Yeah, why can't we do we're not versus a bear? Which, how, excuse me, but how is that not for the BMF belt? Oh well, yeah, for sure. Dude. <laughs> uh, um, so stupid. Yes, yeah, so dumb. I hate it. Uh, and also, speaking of one seventy, we had another one of these one seventy prospects in Michael Morales versus Max Griffin. They just keep coming, right? I know. And here's a kid. He's 24 years old. He's still undefeated at 15-0. and 0, And now he passed that test, right? And he looked huge, first of all. Gigantic. Gigantic, yeah. dude. It was weird. Because yeah. uh, I don't know. I just never looked at Max Griffin as being small. But I was like, dude, he looks small. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, yeah, I'm, yeah. Relatively speaking, he yeah. looked small compared to Morales. Uh, which, at that age, right? Like Morales might end up being a middleweight yeah. when he's 34, not 24. Yeah. But at, at that age, he can cut the weight and it, he's a problem. The uh, He passed that test of like the rough, gritty vet that you can't get out of there, you know, and he couldn't get him out of there, couldn't but that's fine, right? Yeah. Here's a young man that has been able to get everybody out of there. Mm-hmm. And so to have that where you're hitting somebody with your best shots and they're not going away, uh, he started feeling himself kind of towards the end of yeah. the second round, was showboating a bit. Never really paid for it. Got clipped a couple times. Uh, his eye got jacked up in the first round. Yeah, I never really weird. saw yeah, what the strike they was. They didn't show it. They didn't re-show it. But it was like, what happened? Yeah. I, and I was nervous at one point for Morales just thinking, like, that That could swell shut. Yep. You know, all it takes is one or two more. Uh, but he talked about, 
you know, he had the nerves early on and, and that's why he didn't really get going until later, but he has that confidence, right? Like he felt Max Griffin hit him and he's like, okay, I can showboat now, yeah, right? Oh yeah, like absolutely. I'm, I'm not concerned. I, I know I have this guy. Obviously that could be an issue as, as you start to move up the ranks, if you carry that on, or he just might be that dude. Yeah. You know, we, we don't know. I just, I hope that they don't rush him along. I don't think they will because I don't think what he did yesterday is a because he didn't finish him a solid fight. I don't think this is one of those things like where they're going to be like, well, now you have to fight number five, right? Yeah. Um, give the kids some chance. He's young, and if he's talking about he's nervous, that's that's healthy, right? Yeah. This is that's good. He he got nervous. He settled in, but maybe next time he won't be nervous at all. You know, give him someone else that matches up well with him. That's young. That's not just going to be out here killing him, uh, because there is something about him that's exciting. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he 170, right? Like there's so for so long that division because you had GSP dominating, yeah. you know, and then the belt changed hands, but Woodley was dominant. So you did have Woodley dominate. Yeah, yeah, Woodley was dominant, and then Usman was dominant, and it felt like there was no fresh challenges. Yeah. And now they've gotten to that point where we have a new challenger or a new champion in Leon Edwards. You know, Usman's kind of out of the title picture, he whether is. it's that's justified or yeah. not. You still have the Colby's of the world kind of lingering around, you know, Vicente Luque, Dos Anjos, but you have that blend of those guys and the Sean Brady's, the Shavkots, these other guys that are moving their way up. So really just a, a fun division at this point. Next test for Michael Morales I kind of I don't need to see him against a top flight guy. I don't need to see him against another young killer. Like that's that would be a disservice to him. I do kind of want to see a grappling test though. So you want to see who? Uh, potentially Gunnar Nelson. So you want to see Gunnar Nelson fight everybody? Yeah, everybody. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right now. Uh, Like it, just because people are booked up now with Renat, I wouldn't mind seeing Michael Chiesa. I know he's booked against Kevin yeah. Holland right now. I don't want to see that for Morales at this point because that could be like a demoralizing out grappled sure. kind of scenario. But bring this kid along slowly. He has a bit of that it factor yeah. to him. He's got the look. He's exciting. Carry serious power, right? Yeah. Like when that right hand lands, it hurts people. It, it, it's, yeah, it's not that he doesn't carry power. It's just that um, Max Griffin just was there in your face. Tough as shit. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, yeah, he's 24. We don't have to rush these people. He's 24, you know? He's got four years before we even talk about him being in his prime. Let him work his way up there. That's one of the benefits, though, of having these other young guys at that weight class that have already moved up because now you don't have to rush these young prospects because you got young killers that that have proven they can do it. Exactly. And at the top of the division, I mean, you just mentioned it, Leon Edwards and Colby Covington. You don't think these people are going to be out next year. So you still have these people that everyone's gunning for. Then they have the middle of the pack and have these young killers. I mean, what a division. Yeah, you know? it needs to be like a three-year plan yeah. right now with Morales yeah. for sure. Um, one of the things in, with how long we've been watching fights and talking fights that I did not know until they mentioned it on the broadcast yesterday Significant strikes, apparently, anything that lands from distance, so anything basically within striking range, is being called a significant strike. The this only is bizarre. It is. Yeah. So, like, the only thing that aren't being called significant strikes is, like, in the clinch or on the ground, like, little small shots, which I had no idea, right? Yeah. I thought the kind of little tiny pawing jabs... I don't know how they were determining what was significant. A landed or not. shot, right? Like, I, I guess I've never really thought about it, but no. you would think that's a landed shot, and then a significant shot is something that like snaps the head back. Yeah, yeah. something. Yeah, but I guess a jab can do that too. Yeah, I didn't know this either yesterday oh. until yesterday. Cool information. Yeah. Very bizarre fight stats, though. Yeah, yeah. but but like that's why that provides some insight now when I'm looking at like, but they you know they doubled up their significant strikes. Yeah, but. Now we know that doesn't those yeah. strikes aren't necessarily significant. So one of the reasons to listen to the commentary, yeah, there <laughs> you know, a yeah. little, little insight there. And then the main event, uh, a story of two rounds. Yeah. Yeah. The, you know, Abu Smagomedov was a bit of a boogeyman. He came in 17 seconds in his debut against Dustin Stolfitz. The front kick up the middle, beat the shit out of him very quickly. Um, had a very good record. Was not blew ready. his load. Yeah. Just blew his load against a veteran, against someone that we know. Like, unless they did no, no, like watching any footage, yeah. which they did. Like you know, Sean Strickland can go 
and like outside of Alex Pajeda, mm-hmm. like he can take a beating too, right? Like it's just he came, he met the devil, you know. Like, yeah. um, but to be so tired and feeling like you're mentally broken in the second round of a five round fight, it's not good. You're not gonna yeah. pass. I knew it was gonna end in that second round. Oh yeah, yeah. It was like I know this is over. A minute and a half into the yeah, second round, it's, it's bizarre. Yeah, that was. And for somebody who looks in shape, you know, like he didn't look overly drawn out at the weigh-ins like that was that was strange i mean good for strickland right here's a guy that it's what he does you know and basically he said he's number seven taking yeah. on unranked guy that nobody wanted to fight and it was just like yeah i'll, I'll take the fight and then just broke him but yeah, absolutely it, broke and him. it almost bites strickland in the ass because leading up to the fight you know he was talking about magomedov winning the 17 seconds and he's like well that's what you're supposed to do if you didn't do that you shouldn't be fighting me but then you look back and you're like well strickland this is what you were supposed to do so it doesn't really help him in the rankings but it does help him with the business with the company mm-hmm. and he kind of made it he insinuated he got paid right yeah so like which hopefully he does get paid but his style is so funky and and in the first round it looked like he was he always has this face on him like i'm confused mm-hmm. I'm, I'm hurt but when he saw that your boy was gassed and broken Boy, he turns it on. Too. Oh, it's yeah. like it's like he just has another level. He's he's deserving of that middle of the pack. Like, I don't know if he'll ever get to the title shot again. Maybe, yeah. maybe. But when he turned it on, bro, it was like Ooh. <laughs> top top five gatekeeper, right? 100%. Like that's a test you need to pass, and uh, that that's not going to be easy to pass. No, yeah, you need to do it, but good luck. Yeah, yeah. and especially like if you're if you ever plant your feet, especially with your back against the cage. You are going like he's going to do what he did there with with all of the the nasty combinations along the cage. Uh, I did like how candid Strickland was after the fight of just like when I got poked in the eye, I, I had a little bit of that in me of like let me just take the easy road out and yeah. give up right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, like that's not something you hear yeah. fighters say, and especially somebody who has this real like tough guy persona like Sean Strickland. So I I appreciate that. Yeah. You know he kind of appealed to the crowd because he he has his you know does controversial things and it's a a bit of a character but i also think it's a bit of who he is uh but just to like hey guys cut me some slack here like i'm just you know like this is what i do i love this country i love to fight so like some of the stuff i say you know i i appreciate him doing that as opposed to the full like colby covington sellout to the the controversy sure so. i mean because i think even leading up to this he was talking about how he wants to have women stop fighting and be back in the kitchen so, <laughs> so the, there's that side of him yeah um so you're right to see him be like yo i, I was gonna quit <laughs> and like he's like i could quit right now and no one's gonna blame me if i had to do it for y'all it's like yeah. you know maybe he's even playing up to that but um, I, I, I would be interested in seeing who you think, like who's, what's next for Sean Strickland, right? The one that, uh, and it might not be fair to the guy because he's just took a massive beating for five rounds would be Marvin Vittori. Yeah. I think that's, I think him and Cost are two on my list. Yeah. Uh, Cost has got to get past Alaskarov though, which, which is a big test for sure. And, 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 and I'm not saying like Costa mm-hmm. if he loses, yeah. but like those two names, Vittori and Costa are names. I'm like, okay, I'm ready to see him fight those guys. Yeah. Right. Like it's time. Yeah. The, uh, and actually one that's a, a bit of a, I think would be interesting is if Whitaker loses his fight coming up, which I don't, I don't know if that's going to happen, sure. but if he does, then that fight, because ultimately like Strickland already fought Cannoneer, lost to Cannoneer. It's not a rematch that I think Cannoneer should have to fight again. But it would be a nice fresh matchup for both Strickland and Whitaker if that occurs. So what about if if Duplessis loses to Whitaker? Do you think Strickland Duplessis? He's above him. Yeah, I think potentially, but I think it, it depends what they do from a ranking standpoint if he loses to Whitaker. Okay, fair enough. Because um, if he drops below Strickland, granted, like, five through ten is pretty fluid yep. you know but also like strickland just fought down to an unranked guy like you he, gotta he fought him. down yeah. against imavov like give him his chance yeah. to to move up because if you're you know if you're seven and ddp ends up eight and you beat him and it, that doesn't move you up yeah, you know you like were. unless you're paying the guy then you know and speaking of that card uh let's Hop right into the card, the card, UFC 290 International Fight Week. They usually stack those cards and uh, they did. They did. Yeah, this is on paper. Well, first of all, it lost one of the 
fights that I was most looking forward to on the entire card, and we'll talk about that in a second. But even so, one on paper, one of the most stacked cards that they could put together. I mean, absolutely amazing. Per usual, what we're going to do here is talk about just a few of the fighters uh, that, that we're excited to see, and then we can hop into some matchups. Uh, the very first one, Cameron Simon, uh, 135-er. Uh, he's fighting Terrence Mitchell. 8-0, 5 KOTKOs, one, uh, one submission. Dude's talented. Mm-hmm. Supremely talented, but also a little reckless. A little reckless. Yeah, he's had point deductions in both of his last fights. Went uh, full butters and was... Uh, kicking the dude in the ouch pouch uh, enough to get a point deducted in his last fight. Which is just insane. Yeah, like, hey, man, stop. Like, a, a dick kick point deduction is at least two times, sometimes three. <laughs> yeah. you know? so like, yeah. It's like, dude, you're aiming for it now. Yeah, yeah, like, that affected the fight. Please, <laughs> please stop kicking that man there. Um, but dude's only 22 years old, but is really talented. The way you see him switch things up, his ground and pound is vicious. You know, at the end of, of his last fight, the elbows he was throwing, he's he's scary, yeah. right? I mean, he is a very, very talented fighter. Uh, it's really interesting. They always put him on the card so far with Drickus Duplessis because they're both from South Africa yeah. uh, trying to get that market. But the guy he's fighting, Terrence Mitchell, uh, his only loss in the last 13 years was on the Ultimate Fighter to Kai Kara France. All of his wins are by finish, so I think this is... This is going to be a nice test for a 22-year-old uh, prospect in Cameron Simon. Yeah, and if, if, if your loss is to Kai Kara France, okay, your yeah. career is going Yeah, well. here's yeah. A, an interim champion, you know, level guy. I know he didn't win it, but yeah. that that level of competitor. Uh, one of the – from one young prospect to another in the women's strawweight division, uh, we have uh, Yasmin Howergy. She's fighting Denise Gomez, and Howergy – 10 and 0, 7 KO TKOs. She is one of the most exciting prospects in, in the UFC right now. Her UFC debut was against another amazing prospect in Yasmin Lucindo. Uh, but you're talking about two female fighters making their UFC debuts, and it was the co main event yeah, on a fight that's, night. That's like, insane. that's the yeah. level of, of fighter that she is. In her last fight against Estella Nunes, she got stung, mm. and and you could see it affect her, right? But then she made all the adjustments. It was like, okay, you got your one, and, and <laughs> I'm not going to let it happen yeah. again. Uh, if you have the opportunity, if you have ESPN+, Plus, the fight should still be on there. Go back and watch uh, Howergy's debut against Lucindu. Action the entire fight. She's going to bring it. She's only 24 years old. She's fighting another prospect in uh, Denise Gomez, who's only 23. So you got two really good prospects. You know, we could see something here like uh, St. Denis versus Bonfim, where all of a sudden who we're looking at as the prospect yeah. flips, uh, you know, if if Gomez wins. But make sure you tune in for that one. Should be fun, high-paced, you know, just a scrap the entire time. Another prospect at Men's flyweight Tatsuro Tyra was really excited to watch him fight a couple weeks ago before his opponent did not make weight and the fight got canceled. I'm really glad that they were able to get him booked on this card. He is fighting Edgar Chires. What Tyra should do here is dominate. He should. Just it's, should. Yeah. Late replacement, a guy that is making his UFC debut, so he should dominate. Tyra's 13 and 0, 10 finishes. He is about as slick as they get. He's already 3-0 in the UFC. He's got two submissions. Dude's 23 years old. I mean, just filthy trips in the clinch. And us having lived in Japan, whenever we see a talented Japanese prospect, it's like, let's go. Yeah, there's that part of you that's just like, all right, man, do it. (laughs) He's the the, the big Japanese hope, the great Japanese hope. It's like, come on, do it, man. Yeah. Just do it. So I will be pulling for him. You've been talking about him for... A while now. I know you're ready now, to see him fight now. Yes. Yeah. And, and I think he's going to be kicking off the card. They do shuffle sometimes yeah. the undercard week of. So tune in to the F updates and we'll be there able to tell you. Uh, but if he is kicking off the card, make sure you tune in right away. And then from kicking off the prelims to kicking off the main card, we have the prospect of prospects. Dude. Uh, possibly the most hyped prospect in MMA history, Bo Nickel. 
uh, taking on Treshawn, Mr. Vicious Gore, which thank you for that nickname. That is awesome. Uh, I actually hope that it's they put it in front, Mr. Vicious Treshawn Gore. Um, but that's at middleweight. I don't know what we can really say about Bo Nickel, yeah. right? Like he's done everything he's supposed to do. He was 1-0 and in MMA period, had had to fight twice on the Contender Series, made his UFC debut on a main card at 3-0, and did exactly what he was supposed to do against Jamie Pickett. Like I'm glad that they're not like, oh, cool, we're going to have you fight a ranked guy now. Like Treshawn Gore only has six pro fights, so good. That's the type of person. Bo Nickel should be fighting now, but I'm really interested to see if he can keep doing what he's supposed to. So, um, with Bo Nickel, let's say let's say in a world that he wins this fight, like after this, is he is he starting to have to look at the top fifteen? You know, like at what point do you say, okay, you're supposed to be some guy? We're gonna throw you to the Lions. I mean, because no 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 shade to to Gore, but. This isn't really a fight that you say, okay, now he gets top 10. Right? Yeah. But is this the top 15 next? I, I think, one, it depends on how the fight plays out. And Which, I don't mean if he just goes in and, like, absolutely dominates. Maybe he faces some adversity yeah. and bounces back. You know, maybe – and I'm not talking about, like, a, a big, close 15-minute fight because if that's the case, he's definitely not ready for yeah. top 15. But if it's something where there is some back and forth and then he – or he gets clipped once and re- responds – and then dominates like, yes, that that's showing us something. I just get worried a little bit with top fifteen at this point in middleweight because when you look at the experience, and I know Bo Nickel has wrestled in front of, in front of tens of thousands of people. Yeah. He's been competing in a combat sport and wrestling since he was five years old. But when you look at the experience level of the top fifteen at middleweight, the only one that doesn't have like twenty plus fights is Imavov, Imavov right yeah. Imavov and then Roman Delize uh, but I don't know if you book him against those guys right like it, it would have to be a very special performance I think there's enough other middleweights out there that if he if he gets a win you could give him like all right we're at least gonna let you have six professional fights be- before we make you you know take on a, a top 15 guy what, what I think is gonna happen in a world where Bo Nichols wins, is he's gonna be fire on the mic and on this card is the time to do it. And I think that this is I think he if he wins, he talks that shit and then he gets darned to the to the to the den. I just feel like that's what's gonna happen. Now, one that could be very, very fun, but I don't know if they would do it if he wins him versus Kyle Bahalo. Cause that's I mean gr- as good of a grappling match as you could get in an MMA game. Yeah, you were right. You were I think that's one. Or if you want to see him against a guy with real legitimate power who could potentially make his name off of Bo Nickel, you put him in there with old body bags, Joe Pfeiffer. You know, I think that's another one uh, where guys outside the top 15, other guys on there come up as well. Uh, but I just, I don't know if you, if he gets this win, if you throw him in there with like a, Chris Curtis. I think know. they do. Mm. Okay, we'll see. And now that people are liked and subscribed, hold me to it. Yeah, this is, what's, this is, this is the gospel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you tune in, call yeah, call them out. Yeah. Uh, so that's it for our prospects. As far as matchups, the one that I was so incredibly uh, excited to talk about, and now I, I'm like genuinely sad that this fight is not happening. Uh, Jack Della Maddalena versus Sean Brady. Sean Brady, French Method, had to pull out. He was in the hospital. Don't know exactly what for. He was in the hospital for days. He posted something where he had like an IV and said day four in the hospital. Maybe dehydration or something? Yeah, or an infection. Maybe he had like a really bad infection previously. Uh, He's had, Sean Brady's been injury prone and, and had some illnesses. Sucks that this happened. So far, they have not announced a replacement. I know... Uh, Jack Della said he'd fight anybody up to 185 uh, just to stay on the card. Excuse me. The person that has reached out very publicly is Kevin Holland and said, I'll fight him and then fight Kiesa 19 days later. Yeah. I think from a, I mean, that's about as fun as a matchup as you could have because you know that's just going to be a stand and, you know, let, let them fight uh, type match. I don't know if that's, 
They can't one smart for Kevin Holland, yeah. um, and then two like fair to Kiesa. I know we don't live in a fair world, but yeah, because you might you might ruin that fight, that matchup, and it's like I'm not gonna. I'd rather this fight just be scrapped and and saved for later than potentially. Okay, we have Holland fight just for the Kiesa fight to be canceled or have to switch. It doesn't make sense, but yeah, I mean, good for Holland trying to keep his name out there and fight I, and. I think that he would actually. I don't think this is like I'll do it, knowing that he won't. I think he would do it, yeah. but like if we're gonna have to scrap the fight, just do it so we can see this matchup later on. Yes, yeah, selfishly, I'm hoping that sure. that they sure. put in a replacement. Sure. Um, I hope on Friday I'm talking to you guys about who Jack Delamadelaine is fighting. I don't think it'll happen, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I just want to see this dude fight. He's yeah. he's amazing. Now, for fights that actually are cool happening, the ones that are happening. yeah, that, that are actually happening, uh, we have. Oh, Bobby Knuckles, and he doesn't like the nickname. It makes me mad Neither that he doesn't do I. like it. Na- yeah, it Neither makes me I. mad that you don't like it either. <laughs> uh, we have Robert Whitaker uh, against Drickus Duplessis, whose nickname is Still Knox. So I don't know if that's some kind of like South African slang or if at some point it was called into question if he is knocking still. Yeah, I um, Yeah, I, I would love to get the story yeah. on that one. It's a dumb nickname. <laughs> I mean, Not I mean, knowing that <laughs> if it's a slang, it's, I don't like it. It's, I'd rather have Bobby Knuckles than Still Knox. Yeah, I, I don't get it. Yeah. Um, we're going to talk about my favorite nickname here in a minute. But uh, the uh, Drickus Duplessis, he's passed every test he needed to, right? Like, he, he came in to the UFC. Uh, I think his only loss recently was to Roberto Soldich, who is no slouch. Uh, absolutely mauled Darren Till in that fight. At one point, he was up 60 strikes to zero. Now, it was a little weird because Darren Till was having to tell the ref, like, I'm okay because they weren't huge shots. And in doing that, you know, it kind of distracted him from his defenses. Uh, But then after those first four minutes, like, Drickus kind of gassed out a little bit. Till won the second round of that fight. Um, you know, uh, Duplessis ended up getting, or DDP, Diamond Cutter, uh, ended up getting the late stoppage there. But he appears to gas in every yep. one of his fights. Now, he did, apparently his nose was fucked, like could not breathe out of his nose. He had that fixed. So we'll see if this is a whole new Drickus where he can actually breathe. Because you uh, can't get tired against Whitaker. Oh, no. You just can't. No. Now, it's... Whitaker is going to have to realize this is a 15-minute fight, yeah. not a 25-minute, because Whitaker tends to start slow, give away the first round sometimes. And, uh, you know, he's going to have to make sure that he doesn't do that because it's polar opposites. Like, Drickus comes out like he shot out of a cannon, yep. you know, in the first five, and, and Whitaker just kind of sits back and, and gets his reads. I'm interested to see if Whitaker wrestles him because Brunson was able to, to take him down now. Towards the end of that fight, I mean, the towel got thrown in, right? Yeah, like, yeah, Drake yeah, has yeah. ended up hurting Brunson, and Brunson did not need to be in there anymore. Uh, but let's not let's not kid ourselves here. We're talking about the names Brunson, you know, 185-pound Darren Till. And, and at the time, Brunson was 39 years old, right? Yeah. Like, he's he's not the same fighter he used to be, nor is Darren Till. Yeah, Whitaker's very different competition. This is not even the level of that he's fought. Like, yeah. This is this is the number two. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like this is the guy that would be champion if Israel Adesanya didn't exist. Yeah. So I mean I just I can't ever go against Whitaker except for against Adesanya. Yeah. This is a tough one. But if DDP does it, whoo, yeah. whoo, then we have the matchup of the, the Then this was the proper climb for yeah. him, right? Because he's done everything he's supposed to up until this point. And then if you go out there and you beat Robert Whitaker, even if it's like a close decision, if you beat Robert Whitaker, if that's not something. Dub. Yeah, yeah, that's not something people at 185 do. No. Right. So if you get that, then there's the next title shot. Uh, you, know, you did everything you're supposed to. So I'm, I'm really interested to see how that works, how Whitaker handles that blitz early on, because uh, he's become very much a counter striker in the first round and then starts to turn it on later in fights. But can he, as Drickus is blitzing in, can he land the counter? Yeah. Right? So that, yes. Um, yeah, I, I think he can. I'm too but, big of a Whitaker fan. <laughs> yes, he can, dude. But really interested to see how that one plays out. And then that takes us to our co-main event. We have 
the flyweight title, Alessandre Pantoja, the cannibal, versus Brandon, the, the assassin, assassin baby. baby. <laughs> <laughs> Moreno, I am still convinced that it's not the assassin baby. Yeah. But when they asked him his nickname on the come up, he was like, it's the assassin baby. Yeah, the assassin baby. <laughs> come on, right? The assassin baby. Yeah, like, oh, 100%. Like, you want us to call you the assassin baby? Yeah, the assassin baby. Yeah. yeah so I'm like, okay. <laughs> so convinced that's, that's how it played out. These guys have fought twice, and the champion has not won either one of those fights. Now, granted, the most recent one was five years yep. ago. Uh, and looking at it, watching those guys' recent fights, don't get me wrong, Pantoja is still getting better in his last performance where he just came out against Alex Perez and was violent from Jump Street, yeah. like just attacking, attacking, attacking. He's still evolving, but he was much further along in his evolution, it felt like, in that last matchup with Moreno than Moreno was. Yeah, yeah. And, and Moreno has the championship I mean, it, it makes people different, right? Because yeah. now you know you're the man. Yeah. Right? You don't just think it. Like, I know it, dude. I've been through adversity. I'm whooping people's asses. Yeah, this is this is, this is is a good matchup. <laughs> yeah, I, I want to see how that style plays out yeah. now with Moreno. He's got the much higher guard now. Um, yeah, very, really interested to, to see what happens there. Is Pantoja going to force the issue in the grappling? You know, I, I want to I know. I think we'll... First of all, any five-round, 125-pound fight, like we have the ability for absolute insane pace for 25 minutes, yes. which is yes, please, yes. right? But I, I want to see, you know, Pantoja has this calmness about him. And Brandon Moreno has that kind of nervous energy. He's constantly bobbing around, constantly moving. You know, Pantoja didn't let the chaos of a raw dog Roy Val fight get to him, Yeah, right? And so I don't... You know, he's just going to stay calm and in those transitions and in those scrambles. But now, what is going to happen? Because what he showed in the Roy Val fight was very much that calmness. Yep. But then Alex Perez, he was like, hey, fuck this guy. I'm yeah. coming out and mm -hmm. just blitzing him. Which Pantoja are we going to see? I don't know. I think that... um I think you're going to see the calm version of him, right? It's a title fight. It's 25 minutes. There's everything on the line, right? And against a guy that you're like... Looking at it and be like, it doesn't matter how long ago it was. You didn't beat me. Yeah. Right? Like, I beat you. So, it might be Izzy Pajera, right? Where it's just like, I have that that one thing over you. And Moreno's got something to prove, even if it's not to the world. Let's say no one even knows this matchup because it was so long ago. He knows. Yeah. And when you know, I'm different. But, yeah, this is, this is, this is, I think this is going to be a close fight. Oh, yeah. I think this can be a real close fight. Yeah, and I think it's going the full 25 because neither guy's been finished. Yeah. Um, I know I know. Moreno was finished in the, the tough house with yeah, Pantoja, yeah, yeah. but, like, these guys on – I mean, when you look at the, the most dangerous guy at 125, maybe not anymore, but at the time, uh, Figueredo, right? Moreno took his best shots and did not go out. Right. So like I think this is gonna be a crazy scrap. Twenty five minutes. What a way to like set us up for like a great fight before the main event too. Like this is such a great co main event. Um, like you said, the speed, the the just the pace is gonna be it's gonna be one of those things where it's like the the in between the you know the the five minute round the one minute break it's gonna be for us too oh, right yeah. it's gonna be let me catch my breath oh too. yeah my legs are gonna be shaking like 100 yeah i'm juiced for this one i want to know though does pantoja just have his number like that that is a very real thing right yep. where i mean look at whitaker izzy right yep. whitaker can beat everybody else you just can't get past izzy right? jones and, cormier yeah exactly and and is this a similar scenario where I mean, Pantoja's lost to other people. You know, Moreno has looked extraordinarily dominant lately. But does Pantoja just have his number? You know, they, they, we're about to find. Yeah, out. this is gonna be fun. We that division's a week away, awesome. less than. And then the main event of the evening, oh, uh, the featherweight championship. We have arguably the best pound for pound fighter today. And as long as John Jones is fighting, it's hard to say. Yep. Um, there's arguments as well for Islam, even though some people think Volk won that fight. I don't think he did. He did. Uh, but we got Volkanovsky taking on 
I would I want to say the young Panther, not young Lion, because he is El Pantera. Uh, Yair Rodriguez, who is one of the wildest, most exciting fighters that we have in MMA today, does things that no one else does. I mean, go back to it's always going to get brought up, right? The Korean zombie fight yep. where he's losing for 24 minutes and 59 seconds and throws an insane elbow for the knockout. I mean, just a wild, wild fighter. He, Yair's been different. So he had that really long layover where, or layoff where he had disputes with the UFC. He got cut and then came back, but he's been different yep. since then. And, and it's almost the, there was some concern like in the Frankie Edgar fight, right? Which was before that layoff. He got broke, right? Oh my God. Yeah. Pan, I mean, sorry, El Pantera. <laughs> Rodriguez at that point was, everyone was saying, you know, future champion. And then Frankie Edgar did what Frankie Edgar used to do to people and just broke him. And so there was always going to be that, you know, kind of Oliveira narrative. Yep. Is he, uh, you know, does he break? And no, because the Max Holloway fight was brutal yep. brutal and he looked that fight when i rewatched it was not as close as i thought it was the first time i was on like max very clearly beat him yeah but it was in the moment it was like he's damaging max he's yes. actually hitting him so like i get it yeah yeah so i think yeah i just uh, this is going to be a different type of test for volkanovsky and and you can't do this because this is not how life works, but you take away the Frankie Edgar fight, which is seems to be the anomaly for <laughs> Yair's career. He's lost to Holloway. And then like back when he, his fourth fight, like this dude is beating everybody with style, uh, has the interim belt, whether or not you care about yeah. it. I don't, uh, not in this, just not for this one. Right. Because yeah. it was, it was unnecessary, but he's not just loot. I mean, he's not just beating cans. He's beating Ortega. He's beating Emmett, you know, he 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 grew hopefully from Holloway. He deserves this, but we're talking about Volkanovski, dude. Yes. We're talking about Volk, and you don't fucking you put some respect on Volk's name. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean to me, there's there is no longer a debate. Volkanovski is the best one forty five er of all time. Sorry, Max Holloway, hands down. But Max, he, not sorry, Max Holloway. I mean, you had three chances. Yeah, I mean you you had your and sure he might have won the second one, whatever. But let's be real. This is this is the greatest. I mean, even to go up to another division and uh, we can debate this. I think that he won the fight, but even if he didn't, no one else has done that to Islam. Correct. That's how good this guy is. Yeah, and didn't necessarily get out grappled by Islam. I mean, he he did. Islam had his back, you know, but was able to get up, which people have not been able to do with Islam. Uh, when you look the way the fight ended the last 30 seconds of the fifth round, or I guess last minute where yep. he's on top and, you know, gets off some ground and pound towards the end, the the confidence of Volkanovsky has been, it's been really entertaining to watch because it's been this kind of slow evolution where he's clearly you don't get to where he is without having confidence. Yeah. But over the last couple of fights, he's in there talking shit yeah. to people like that. That was never him before, but the last max fight like a minute or two into it where he starts firing off the jab and you just starts yelling at max. I'm too fast for you. Yeah. Right. And that was Ma always max's thing yeah. was hand speed and volume, but you watch it. He was too fast for max Holloway. I think, I think he made a point to max and it's like, everyone's going to try to say that you beat me. No, 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 no. I'm better than you. And I'm going to let you know him, but you did it. You, you do it in the ring, right? Max, you teach Ortega how to box. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm telling you I'm better. And even with max with Calvin Cater, I'm better than you. And then let me show you. And he was, he was too fast for him. He was always a step ahead. Um, folk is just, I, I don't, I don't see, I don't see a, a true path to victory where I can, bet money on Yair in this fight. I just can't. Not until I see Volk slow down, I can't see it. Yeah, because the the thing that I'm thinking about, essentially his path to victory is something unorthodox. Yeah. You know, and it could be, if you would have asked me before the Ortega fight, the Volk-Ortega fight, I would say some kind of submission, right? Sure. Because Yair, to bring it back as to an Oliveira comparison, he's okay with dropping down to his back when he gets like kind of hurt because he's very confident in his offense off his back and not just submissions, but nasty elbows. I mean, he's very confident in doing that, but Volkanovsky proved like, unless you put me to sleep, I'm, I'm not going to tap. 
right? And if Ortega couldn't put him to sleep, in 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 the deepest guillotine, like a uh, uh, full mount guillotine, and Volk's mindset. I mean, he came out this week and he said he was like. I knew I was gonna die. He's not taking this away mm-hmm. from me. Okay, if you have that mentality, then you're not. You, you I have. You have to kill me. Yep. And ugh, short of like Khabib Gaethje, where you, you put him to sleep, yeah. right? Like there was nothing you could do about yeah, exactly. that. Exactly. But that's that, what you have to do. Yeah. That that's the only real path to victory that that I see. Or obviously, Yair carries power. Like certain crazy stuff. If you get clipped, you get clipped. Now, sure. obviously. We haven't seen, I mean, Volkanovsky got stung by Islam in that yeah, fight where sure. you, you saw on his face he was hurt. Uh, but a 170 pound Islam, though. That's yeah, the difference. Yeah, it's, gigantic. It's a guy that's huge at that point. Yeah. What, yeah, you would be 155, maybe. Yeah, maybe 160. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah. And the thing, I do see a clear path to victory for Volkanovsky from the standpoint of where Yair has struggled <laughs> has been. The, the straight shots and the longer combos. Yeah. And Volkanovsky's jab is is filthy, right? And so Yair's eyes get really marked up. Frankie Edgar fight, Ortega fight, Holloway fight. His eyes swell. He gets cut. And so I don't know if that's going to be a, a problem. I mean, we saw it with Vulcan Korean Zombie. With, you know, that yep. jab will, will wear you out. Now, where Volkanovsky struggled with his jab was in the Islam fight because a lot of the time he's fighting a southpaw. Yep. And so the southpaw orthodox and Volkanovski switches stances just like every really good fighter does nowadays. But he never really got the jab going against Islam. And I wonder if that's, if he's not going to be able to get the jab going if Yair is switching stances a lot or if Yair says, fuck it, I'm fighting from southpaw yep. to to mitigate that. I'm, I'm interested to see if that, becomes a, a story within the fight. But I I just don't. I mean, Volk is so talented. And, and the thing, the difference between Yair and Islam is Islam is huge. Mm-hmm. He's huge. I said 170. He might even be 180. He's like, gigantic. He's, he's huge, bigger. Um, and you have to worry about something that we all know Islam has, which is I'm going to take you down and maul you. So you have to worry about those things. With Yair, you're really thinking about just the crazy shit that he throws. Yeah. Um yeah, I don't. I don't want. I don't. And we'll say this: we're not here to just hype up one person. But sometimes you have a matchup where you're like, I don't really see how Volk loses nine out of ten times. Okay. But here's the here's the reason why we watch. This might be Yair's one. No doubt. And all it takes is his one. And imagine Yair winning and just like the the shock. The oh, shock yeah. of it's going to be like. Leon Edwards Usman, oh. right? Like it's going to be something where it's shock the world and. I don't think it's going to come in a decision. So for him to do it, it's going to be that, you know. Yeah, it's going to be the Leon Edwards Usman, him looking up like yeah. knocked out, dude. Yeah. That, don't have that happen, that though. That flash <laughs> moment of Ooh. just like, holy shit, what just happened. Yeah. So cannot wait. Super excited for that. Uh, now we'll get into a few fight announcements. There weren't a ton this week. They did add a couple fights to the fight night that's headlined by uh, – Champion Alexa Grasso mm. fighting Shevchenko on September 19th there. Uh, Tracy Cortez making her return. Nice. Yeah, yeah against Jazzy. Uh, Jasmine, Jazz Davicius at uh, Flyweight 125 there. I'm interested to see during the week if Cortez opens up a little bit about what it was that she led to her, you know, being removed from that It'd fight. Probably a distraction, right? Let me let me get past it and maybe talk. She hasn't fought in what seventeen years or something. Yeah, it's been while. so long. So they'll I mean, ask, maybe. Yeah, they'll, they'll, they'll ask, ask. But if, if I was her, I'd be like, I'll talk about it after I get my dub. Yeah, get my dub. Yeah. And then they announced the, they announced the co-main event for that card, and that is going to be uh, Kelvin Gaslam making his return to one seventy. Um, they were like, hey, we don't care that you haven't fought 170 in a while. You're going to fight Shavkat Rachmanov, who is an absolute just killer. I think in his record right now, he's one behind on knockouts to submissions, and he likes to keep it even. Yeah. So, Gaslam, <laughs> you know, be, be careful. Well, especially with Gaslam jumping down to 170, which he has problems. Mm-hmm. Not, I mean, if you're going to be drained fighting Shavkat, good luck, dude. Yeah. Good luck. However, what will that say if Shavkat can, can finish Gastelum? Yeah. Hey, that's yep. that's somebody you got to be talking yep. about as then in the title picture. So awesome, awesome fight there. And then we have one uh, announced, kind of unfortunate announcement on the Sterling O'Malley card, UFC 292, the one taking place in Boston. Last week, they announced Henry Cejudo versus Cheeto Vera. And this week, they're announcing that uh, Henry Cejudo is not going to be able to fight shoulder injury. 
Uh, if you haven't seen it, uh, Cheeto's response to that is pretty funny. Just, well, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he has called out Piotr Jan. Let's I get it. it. He wants to, you know, he <laughs> wants that fight. That is a card that already has the 135 title and the at 135, a top 10 matchup between Rob Font and Song Yedong. Uh, so would love to see another top 10, you know, 135 fight on that card. Plus, say what you will about Cheeto's last performance against Dan Hagen. I'll, I'll watch Cheeto fight, you know, any any day of the week. So really hoping uh, that they can get him a, a dance partner, so to speak, uh, on, on that card. And then uh, that's it for fight announcements. Do want to say just make sure... Uh, you're following us on Twitter. There is going to be uh, some content there. We'll have some polls. We'll do our fight picks on Twitter uh, on Friday night after the F update. That is at number one BS pod, all spelled out. Uh, so go give us a follow. Um, yeah, I mean, look, we're, we're, we're getting our social media game up. We got the podcast dropping. Uh, we are going to do some try to do some fun things, engaging things like fight picks. Um because Jared and I have been doing fight picks since we started watching fights 48 years ago. Yeah. And it's fun that I'm always better than him. Yeah, <laughs> um, well, no, it's just, it's a fun. It's going to be public now. So, <laughs> Well, I mean, all the private things, they don't need to know. Um, but no, it's just a fun thing we're going to try to do. And it, it's not for who's better, but it is kind of like, now we get to talk about it. How much do we, um, you know, watch these fights and like have the matchups. But try to follow us on their gauges and us. If you guys have a disagreement with us, definitely let us know and we'll we'll talk about how we were wrong if we're wrong. But more than likely, we'll be talking about how Jared's wrong because mm. I'm always five for five in the fight picks. Ooh. And and we usually only do main main card fight picks. So um yeah, follow us on social media like he said, number one BS pod, all spelt out. Um great card coming up. Our first episode, man, it's great. It's been yeah. a long time. Yeah. A long time. Um we're proud of the product. Any suggestions to make it better, we're here for. Um, thank you guys for tuning in. Now, pre appreciate y'all. We're going to find out a whole lot this upcoming <laughs> week. We're going to find out if Drickus still knocks. Uh, <laughs> we'll see uh, if Pantoja just has the Assassin Babies Baby. card there. And then we are going to see, you know, can Yair dethrone the king? We will know on Sunday. Appreciate y'all for listening. Love and respect. Later.